0: We talked about the marriage um, relationship. Now we talk about the parent child relationships according to the word. We see here in the probably will take at least a couple of Wednesdays to cover this topic of parent child relationships because I find it's probably one of the most important topics uh, of, uh, out there beyond the marriage. Uh, because that's where most of the people who want to get uh, have children or have children or people who were even had children they've grown up and they've struggled with all of that uh, now what do they do and how do they see things and and settle things with the Lord uh, where maybe they just didn't follow didn't know how to follow the the word of God through raising your children but let's pray and then we will open up the word here father again we thank you for this evening and as we open up in discussion of the new topic here in our discipleship journey. Lord, just bless your word to the hearts and the hearers of your people and that you would just minister to them not out of condemnation. You would never do that. And I don't want to speak in any condemnation whatsoever, but humbly and just by your grace and your mercy. Just speak truth and love, and it may minister to those who hear your word, receive your word, and may you give them just the power to apply it to the raising of their children or to overcome the fear of having children and and being able to, uh, to raise children up according to your way. Just have your way in the hearts of the hearers this evening and days to come. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. We see here... Our opening verse is out of Ezekiel, chapter 18, verse 20. The soul who sins shall die. The son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father bear the guilt of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. We also see in Ephesians 6, 4, And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Parents have a tremendous blessing and privilege of raising and have the solemn responsibility of raising God's children. And we're to raise his child, his children that he has given you, before the Lord. We're to bring them up, his child, in a manner that pleases him. And to train them to understand the principles of Scripture. You want to know what are the key basic things as a parent you're supposed to do with your children? Make sure you seek after the Lord and make sure whatever you do with your children pleases God. That's the first thing. The second thing is you need to raise them up or train them up to the understanding of the principles of Scripture you are responsible to teach your children the scripture and make sure they understand it at the appropriate level through their ages of their life and how to apply that to their life and be accountable to that. And accomplishing this task in a biblical manner will result in a blessing from the Lord doing what he's called you and I to do as a parent. And failing to bring up children according to God's word will bring, and this is the practical aspect that you have to understand as a parent. If you don't do it God's way, here's as simple as this what will happen to you as a parent. Raising children will be a headache to you and a grief to you. That's what the scripture says. So if you're sitting there going, man, my children just give me headaches and they're just a grief to me then that headache and grief is because of you. (laughs) It's your fault. You didn't raise them up, more than likely, according to the the ways of the Lord. And that's what we're going to uh, go over. So the question is, is, now you get this information, you must adjust course and correct how you raise your children so they no longer become that headache or that grief to you as you would stay. So that is the main purpose of this next uh, set of steps that we're going to take in our our discipleship journey in regard to the parent-child relationship. Now when we take a look at God's principles and precepts, we have to understand they're applicable not only to the parent's but also to the children. So the children should be listening up and should be listening to these things and you should be sharing them so that they can understand these concepts don't just apply to parents, but also to them as well. And parents are to be of one mind as they teach the scriptures to their children in a manner that is pleasing to the Lord and children are responsible to respond to the parent Faithfully to the teaching that they give them. And it's how important it is when we find, when I sit down and if I do counseling um, with a couple or with a, one of the guys to, to talk about the challenges they're having in their homes raising children, it's typically, a lot of times, the parents, the husband and wife, is not in the same mind of how to raise their children. And we'll go over why that happened. But they're not in the same mind, they're not in agreement of how they are to do that. And I don't always understand that because if I'm talking to two believers raising the children, you should have the same mind because you're both believers, because you're both are using the Word of God to raise their children. But that's the problem. They're not in the same mind because they both don't use the Word of God to raise their children. So they're doing it their own ways and they're, they're leaning on their own understandings. It will go over those things that causes most of the problems within the parenthood uh, realm and the parent-child relationship because they are not following the scripture. Now we know in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 6 and 7, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. They've got to be in your heart. This is not going to be just head knowledge. It's not just a, oh, that's an interesting, that was a good read. No, this has got to be in your heart. This has to be a hard thing in regards to your raising your children. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. There is not a time, my brothers and sisters, that you're not talking about the things of God in your household. Are you with me? And so if you're not in the the word and the word is not in your heart and you don't love the word of God and you can't help but share the things that God is doing and showing you and then teach that to your children, you have a major headache and grief raising children. You're not in a good space, regardless if you got the big smile on your face and you say, Oh, everything's great. I know it's not great in the house. You ever served in the children's ministry? <laughs> I, I could have read a for you guys. Every time you have to be in the children's ministry, your children tell everything. We have to tell them not to say anything. But they don't know any better than, oh, you won't believe mom and dad in the car on the way here this time. You know, so it's, you know, it's a kind of laugh, but at the same time it's grieving. Because your children are watching and listening to everything you say within that household. And so that's just a warning to you all. That was a freebie to you. Proverbs 10, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is the grief of his mother. (laughs) So, sons, daughters, don't be foolish. It brings gladness to the parents, not the grief. Proverbs seventeen twenty five: a foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her who bore him. <laughs> so again, it goes on and on and on through the scriptures of as a child, when you do not do what God show, tells you to do or does it according to God's way, it does not help the family unit at all. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. "'Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. "'Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise, "'that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. "'And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, "'but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord.' So we see again that over and over, and we're going, to, we're going to touch on the provoking your children, because most people use it all the time, don't provoke your children, but they have no clue what that means. How does that practically play out as a father in regards to that? Because dads have a tendency to be the ones that provoke the most in these areas, and I'll give those to you. But trust me, you're wiser. The, the mothers have the same problem as well. It's just different than what we see with how uh, the fathers do it, but still have the same impact. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So why would you train your children up any other way than through the Scripture? Many times people just apply that from an adult perspective, but that's not just an adult. It's at all hearts are you to use the Scripture to do what the Scripture does and the totality aspect of that person's life and even the child's life. Use the Scripture to do that. So what's God's view? And let me give you a couple of steps of God's view or principles. And we're at step 69 and it says, children are a gift or heritage of the Lord. Psalm 127.3. They're a heritage. They're your heritage. It represents the family unit. They are to be brought up according to the directives of God's word. That is how you're supposed to raise them up. According to God's word. They're, I'm not adding anything else. I'm not saying you raise them up according to God's word and I'm saying the main way you raise your children to be what's an individual or an adult or young adult to be pleasing to God is to raise them up according to the ways of the Lord. That's the scripture. And of course, we already read 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 14 and 17. And we do that according to the arbitrary decisions of parents or philosophies of men. That's what happens. We're not to do it the way the world does it. We're not going to do it according to that way. We're going to do it God's way. We're not going to do it through some decisions that you make as parents because somehow you went to some parenting school. Or philosophies of men because you've got the, 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 the psychiatrist or psychologist wrote a book on how to have these strong-willed children and these, these this type of child or this type of child or this. If you don't do it God's way, you are going to miss the boat. You're going to miss how to raise them accordingly and it's going to bring a headache to you. And so you have to, as a parent, make a commitment together to use the Word of God and seek after God's wisdom to how to raise up His child or His children if He's given you more than one. Parents are to train up their children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And that was Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 6 and 7. The next God's view in regards to raising children, not only are you they are a gift from God, and you have to understand that the child is a gift from God, and so if he's a gift from God, then do it God's way to raise them up according to the scripture. But the second, uh, the step number 70, this principle tells us children are to honor and obey their parents in the Lord, because this is right and is pleasing to the Lord. So you've got the parenting side of God's view when it comes to a parent-child relationship, but you also have a child's responsibility and view of what the child needs to understand. And when they're young, you're supposed to teach them that. You're supposed to teach them and you're supposed to help them understand that they should be honoring and obeying you as a parent according to the ways of God. And we should do that because it's right and is pleasing, that, uh, is pleasing to their Lord that you're tr- teaching them to honor and to worship and to glorify. And we see that, of course, in Ephesians 6, 1 and 2, and Colossians 3.20. Now, as a parent raising children, you're like, I don't know if I want to have children. This sounds like a lot of work and it's hard work. Now, let me tell you, from a grandparent's perspective, go have more kids. We want more kids. We'll we'll help teach you how to raise those children if that's what we need to do. But go have more kids. Don't be scared. Step out by faith and let the Lord help you through this all. That was just a little joke for all, you you know, help all the grandparents that are out there. That wasn't self-serving, I know. But our hope is what? Our hope is this. Our hope is that we back in principle or step 47, if you remember back a few steps ago, that God can and does cause all things to work together for good to those who belong to him and who love him. <laughs> Hold on to that scripture. Hold on to that Philippians 1.6. Hold on to Romans 8.28 and 29. No one else, not even your children or your parents, can prevent the work of God in your life. No one. And he is going to be faithful to do that good work in your life. At every stage of your life, yes, even in parenting. And so you must, have, you must trust and you must rely upon him. Philippians 1.6 is being confident of these, this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. You must hold on to that promise at every stage of your life. Even in the grandparenting stage. Because we have responsibility as a grandparent. So that's one of your hopes. God is in control. He's going to do a work in you as a parent. He's going to continue to do a work in parent as a parent. And one of those things that he had you as a parent is to have children. And he's going to show you how to raise his child according to his ways. If you're willing. The next step is step 71. This is another hope for you as a parent. As you study and follow God's word for your life. For your life and the training of your child, then decisively put off. You must put off any reliance on yourself when it comes to raising your children. You need to put off the whole background thing. Oh, this is my background. This is how I was raised by my mother and my father. And you're relying upon how your mother and father raised you. You need to put aside how you were an upbringing, and unless it was bec- it was modeled to the by the Word of God and how that was done, then you should not be relying upon your own upbringing to raise your children. You're not to lean on your own understanding of how other people you've watched and uh, and did uh, child uh, uh, raising, but you must. Trust in God's word as you're seeking it for yourself and how for you in your relationship with God, then you take that and God uses that to help you raise up your children. There's times we, you know, not here, but in sometimes larger churches, it's not uncommon for parents who, deep within, you know, my kids are a mess, it's because of them. But they're a mess. So, and so the, I, I don't want it, anything to do with God. And I don't want anything to do with church. But I want my kids to do it. Maybe they'll learn how to behave. So let's drop them off at the church. And we'll come back later and pick them up from the church. And let the church figure out how to solve the, their problems. That happens. Doesn't happen here. But it does happen in some larger churches. Uh, unfortunately. But... We see here in this step, it's you need to seek the Lord. You need to seek the Lord personally, and then from that personal devotion, personal growth and maturity with the Lord, you now are equipped to do all good works that God's called you to do, in this case, as a parent. And then you're able to teach your children. And they will learn, and they will grow in and through that. We see it in 2 Timothy 2.15. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You must be that. You must grow and mature to that point of what you're trying to do. You don't want to be ashamed. You want to know the word of God so that you can share and teach that to your children. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, of course, it's my favorite verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on your own understanding In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Those are vital verses that I hold on to. I hope you hold on to them as well when it comes to your parenting. Now step 72. We take a look at that and children, when you put off disobedience... When you choose, I don't want to be disobedient toward my parents. I don't want to be stubborn toward my parents. So I'm going to put off the stubbornness. I'm going to put off the rebellion stage. It doesn't matter. I can't justify, as we'll go over at some point, some of the justifications as a child of how you behave. And it's okay. I'm in the teen stage. No, it doesn't cut it. That's not, you can't justify those kinds of things because of the stage you are in and your hormonal shifts. And then that justifies, the parents justify my kids. They're out of, uh, they're stubborn rebellion and they just don't want to do because that's just their stage you're in. That's just, that is a bad excuse and God doesn't hold, that doesn't hold that excuse at all. He still holds you responsible to do it God's way and that uh, doesn't hold. So as a child, they're to put off disobedience, put off the stubbornness, put off the rebelliousness. Instead, there's to put on honor and obedience to the Lord and your parents. They must be taught that and they must practice that and practice that and practice that in their lives. And God will bless you. There's a blessing that comes doing it God's way and we must heed or take seriously, that means he takes seriously here, your parents' instruction and discipline that you may be wise. Because you're not going to be very wise if you don't listen to godly parents teaching you God's word and you don't apply to it. That is foolishness, that is not wisdom. And so, you must parents teach your children that if they don't do it, they're being foolish, they're not being wise, and there's not blessings that come from that. There's going to be correction, there's going to be difficulties in their lives, and it's not what they want. They're like, they're already confused as it is by the world and their flesh, but they're going to get even worse if they do not learn the things of God that you're teaching them and that they are applying that to their lives. Many of man's philosophies of raising children typically arise from personal experience. And because they had some individual personal experience they believe that is good to then turn around and teach that to their children. We also know that children, or bringing up children, even Christians, often look to ungodly counsel or common sense resources called Google, rather than the sole authority and totally sufficient standard of the scriptures. I can't emphasize this enough. Because if you're going to come talk to me about some rebel of of a child, or disobedient, dishonoring child, or chaos in the house, I'm going to ask the same thing that I can only ask you. Are you in the word of God? Yes or no? How often? How much? Are you growing? Are you maturing? It's going to be about you as a parent because you are a ref- their children are a reflection of you. Just like we learned in the marriage, if your wife is in a certain condition, it's in, and it's not a good condition, it's a reflection of you, man, for not pouring into your wife's life of the word of God. So you're the problem. You're the leader of the house. And God's going to hold you men, the responsible party. So when it comes to children and raising them up, so many times we go to this ungodly counsels, we go to this ungodly common sense, and we base it upon our personal experiences or experiences of others that are not lined up with the scripture and you wonder why you have problems. Now, when you look at the characteristics of man's theories and practices that are out there, and there's so many books that are out there written on parenting, the modern focus of man's theories are all about training of the children in an exaltation of self. If you really look and listen and look at the front of the book and the back of the book and the highlights, you see nothing about you must help that child to get a good self-esteem. It's about self, about self, it's about self. That's contrary to the word of God. But it's a best-selling book on the New York, New York Times, pastor. Everyone's doing it. That's the problem right there. You're, you're, you're looking at the wrong source of nourishment for your children. You're feeding them bad food. But yes, most of those books, theories are all about exaltation of self and the importance of emotions, acknowledging people's emotions, feeling their emotions, getting down into their emotional level. And it's just over and over about the emotions and justifications of their emotions and feeding into those emotions in both the parents and children, not just children, but even the emotions of a parent Plays a role. I just don't feel I can handle this, and I'm not handling this today. Go, go, do something. I don't care. You see, I have to have my own time because I just don't feel. And it goes on and on and on. And these books support that kind of of. Uh, of I'm going to be gentle here. Um, that kind of mindset that doesn't line up with the scripture. So you have to understand that the wisdom of the world teaches that you must bring your child up to have a good self-esteem and that you and your child must get in touch with your feelings, which means everything is lived out and d- driven and based upon your emotions. And you wonder why you have an emotional roller coaster going on in your household because you allow it. My brothers and sisters, I hope you're listening, that you're going to have to make changes if that's where you are today. And I won't go through all of them because I just don't have the time. Time is flying by. But let me give you a sense of what I mean here. When you talk about man's mistake of, of, of trying to explain or justify their problems between parents and children, you see that wisdom of man come out. And that wisdom of man, or reasonings is what I call it, reasons. What's your reason? Oh, this is my reason. My parents are really deficient in their parenting skills, and that's why we have problems. Or, oh, uh, parents lack conflict resolution skills, and so if they got their conflict resolution skills and gone got trained, then we wouldn't have problems between the parents and the children. That's just man's wisdom. Or parents do not receive love and proper role models from their, their own mother and their own father, and so they're unable to love and bring up their own children. That's called an scapegoat. goat. It's, it's blaming your parents. God doesn't let that wash. And I can go through 11 more examples for you, but I won't have time tonight to do this. But you get the point. Then you have man's earthly wisdom or reasonings for children's failure in their lives. I'll give you a couple. Because their parents are inadequate. My parents are inadequate. You know, that's, that's why I, I am where I am. That's why I'm living in the basement uh, at age 30 in the basement of my parents. To have no job and doing nothing because my parents were not inadequate. Well, then why are you still even living with them then, if they're that inadequate or their home atmosphere isn't free enough for self-expression my parents were too old fashioned and too strict too structured and too strict and i didn't have self-expression and because i didn't get a self-expression that is why i failed that's top 2 i'll give you the top 3 They have inherited personality problems from their parents. That's why I failed. That's the top three of eight that I have. I've got problems because I inherited it from my parents. Again, shifting blame all day long from children today. How about some of a man's futile attempts to solve parent-child problems? You'll love these. Again, I don't have time. I'll get Here's some of the solutions that people give to parents. And there's 11 of them I have, but I'll give you a couple. Read books and attend parenting seminars. Top of the list. The second one is you want to solve as a parent your problems with your your kids? Well, not only read the books and attend seminars, but do not place restrictive guidelines on your children, but instead allow your children to learn from their own mistakes and experiences. But I have to tell you, I would move that up to number one in the books and seminars number two. Because most people I find don't even want to read the Bible, let alone read another book. But they always, always, people will say, oh, they have to learn from their own mistakes. Okay, let little Johnny run out in the street and get hit by a car so he'll learn not to run out in front of cars anymore. That's what you're saying. It's as insane to me as as a pastor or even as a parent that you would tell your children, hey, you want to learn about electricity? Come on, Johnny. Stick it in the hole. But that's the philosophy of people telling parents how to raise children. It's insane. It's foolish. Again, I have 11 of those. How about for children? Solutions given to children so that the children can grow and now get out of the situation they're in. Outwardly be nice. But do whatever you want anyway, since you can decide what is best for you. That's what peers tell the peers of kids. Okay, you want to have to solve the problem and you're with your parents? Just smile, just nod and say yes to everything, yes ma'am, no ma'am, and act like you're obedient as can be. But then just go do whatever you want to do. You're in control of your life anyway. That's the solution they're telling kids today. How about ignore your parents? That's the opposite. Just tune them out. Put the earphones in, get glued on your phone, tune them out, they'll, they'll give up. They, they, you can wear them out. They'll, they'll get so busy and, and so frustrated. They got their own busy lives. They want to go do their own thing and watch their own movies and play around anyway. Just wait them out, man. You can do it. If your parents are too restrictive, just leave your home. Go find a, fu- a friend or a buddy or someone to live in the, their basement. Their parents will let them. And I have 11 ex- solutions that people give to kids to solve parenting relationship problems. Now, some unbiblical views within the church regarding the bringing up of children, some of that unbiblical advice or counseling given to parents by the church or people within the church, Well, one of them, I have seven of those, and that is... You have to learn parenting from people who have had the same exact experiences as you since they are the only ones that can truly understand your struggles. Are you having problems? I'm sorry to hear that. Problems between you and your kids? Yeah, how many kids you have? I have five. And then they ask the the pastor or ask someone in the church, how many kids do you have? I, I have one or two. Well, then you have no... You, who are you to talk to me and tell me how to solve the problems when I have five children and you have two? There's no possible way you can understand. I, that, that would never... I'm not going to listen to you. Well, that might be true if you both are relying upon your own experiences and your own emotions and your own failures, raising five kids or raising two kids. But as a pastor, I'm telling you, you're having the exact same issues that you have if you had one child. Matter of fact, you were having the same issues with your own spouse before you had kids. Because you're not following the word of God and you're not applying it in your, word, in your life. And that is why the kids, regardless if you had one child or five, the five kids are just bringing out your inadequacies of your life because you're not following the word of God. That's the problem. The more kids you have, the more it reveals your true colors or where you are in your walk with the Lord. But all of that is solved if you just, regardless if you have one child or five child or you have no children, come back to the Lord and apply the Word of God and to seek after the Lord. Second biblical advice or counsel was to teach your children to trust you and rely on you first, then teach them to rely on the Lord is essential to gain their trust before they can trust God. No, you're supposed to tr- have them taught to trust the Lord right from the day one when they can hear and listen and obey. You're constantly p- pointing, always giving g- God says this, God says this, not God, I say this, until you get a certain age. And then after, when when things go awry, they say, well, don't listen to me. You should have been listening to God. No, don't be doing that. You should be teaching that little child from the very beginning about the things of God and, and the fact that they can see you modeling, yes, following God. But you should be telling them all about God right from the beginning. What are some of the unbiblical advice or counseling given to children through the church? You are the master of your own destiny because of the potential within you. No one, not even your parents, has any right to dis- dictate to you anything that goes on in your life. Oh, we see that played out today, do we not? Even outside the church. A teenager who feels like they can be a different gender. Can you see that in the parents' Allow that to happen. Encourage that to happen. I mean, it gets far twisted when you go outside of the, the boundaries of God's word. There is no end. How about this one? God wants you to feel good about yourself, child. Find something that you do well and excel at it. It's all about you getting a, making accomplishments in this world. And so what you do is you're teaching your children, you want to feel good, you have to find something you can do just to achieve it and do it and earn the badge. Well, what happens when that person tries and doesn't earn the badge? That's when you sit there and you have participation. Just showing up, you get a participation badge. Because they think that emotionally they can't handle the fact that they weren't able to achieve the goal versus learning to go, okay, I didn't achieve that. Let me go back to the Lord. Let me see what the Lord wants me to do differently and change me. That was a closed door. I mean, all the things that we should be teaching our children how to go forward seeking after God's will for their lives. And then allowing God to say, this is what I want you to do, little Johnny. This is where I want Johnny to accomplish. And I'm going to equip Johnny to go do that work. And then all of a sudden, Johnny sees God's directing the will, accomplishment, blessings. all It's God's way. But no, parents say to the children or people tell the children, you've got to do fine things to do and do, 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 do. But how, where does God play in all of that? That's why we have, and we won't get to it tonight for sure. But I've got nine different ungodly and unscriptural things that happens when it comes to teaching your children, or taught, how to handle these things. Now, when we take a look at the guidelines for training your children, parents are to be diligent. It takes diligence to raise your child. And it's continuously examining your own walk in Jesus as you're raising your child. You must continuously seek yourself what is how you are with the Lord and how and what needs to change as your guide for your children. But many times people are just all focused on what can we do to get that child changed and then never realize the problem is you're not changing. You must change as a parent. And then as you're changing and growing and maturing in your relationship with the Lord, you have something to pour out into your children for them to learn. And as you're learning from the Lord, then you're sitting down and you're starting to discussing and planning and training your child even before they're even born. Did you know that? People say, oh, I, they, they spend more time preparing for the reveal party of the gender than any planning of what it means to be a godly parent when they actually have the child in their hand. Or how to, even more importantly, once they realize there's a baby conceived, then that point on they should start getting trained up of how to raise that baby during the, uh, the, the growth period in the womb and then be prepared to take care of that child outside of the womb. It starts when you realize, I'm pregnant. That's when the training begins. Not wait until after the child's been done and going. I don't know. What do you? How do you? Have you ever? Have you changed a diaper? No, I haven't changed a diaper. Do you know how to feed a baby? I don't know how to feed a baby. You can't even feed yourselves, and you're not and you're not wanting to raise a baby and to feed them. And that's the problem with so much parenting today. They're still kids. They haven't grown up. They're not mature. Kids are raising kids and they wonder why they're having challenges. But start discussing and planning and training your child up now and how to take care of them. Pray constantly as you learn and practice scriptural directives for raising your children. After your children are born, firmly hold to your commitment to follow God's word in training up your child. You have to commit as a parent to, Two people committed to using the word of God to raise your children up. According to his or her age and training needs. And I I emphasize that. I'm going to emphasize that. Because so many times parents will bring kids into the church. And I demand my child to be in the sanctuary with adults. And even though that child can't even read. and they think they're going to learn something in this in 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 here. No, we have a children's ministry that teaches them all the way from the very beginning of their growth when they're just a little baby. They're hearing this worship music. They're hearing people pray for the little baby. They're hearing the as they get a little older now they're teaching them how to in the children's ministry how to give lovingly, how to play lovingly, how to listen. I mean all the things that the scripture that are just reinforce what godly parents should be teaching their children at each stages all the way up. I, the kids in the preschool do not need to know all hundred doctrines. Do you know what I'm saying? And even at home, Dad, you don't be sitting there having a two-hour Bible study with a six-year-old. If you need help... Trust me, we're here to help you and to coach you and to teach you how to do this. You're not on your own. God has given you and surrounded you with good godly parents and examples in the church to help you. Utilize them. Trust me. You need them. Because it's not easy. And I recognize that. Whew, I'm just getting started. I think this might be my favorite topic. I haven't even, I haven't scratched the surface on some of this topic. But anyway, we're at 7:30, so we're just gonna hold right there. We'll pick back up next week regarding training your children up. And uh, oh, we are gonna get good. We're gonna get right into uh, how parents uh, how you, how do you deal with provoking your children to anger? Oh man. We're just going to get, it's going to be fun for the next couple of Wednesdays. So don't be scared. Be bold. Be strong and good courage and you come back.